Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Here to help you work smarter and get more done. When he was little, he used to write everything backwards, just like Leonardo da Vinci. Here is your host, our resident digital workplace expert, Grant Crawley. Thanks for that, Beatrix. In this episode, I'm going to talk about hardware choices and how you can make the right ones for your users and organization. Sometimes the right choice is obvious, but often it's a real dilemma. I'm not just talking about end-user devices though. Hardware of varying types is found in different forms all across organizations. And as you build your digital workplace strategy, you'll have to make decisions about all manner of equipment. When we were looking for an email marketing service provider, we settled on ConvertKit. It's our number one recommended email marketing platform because it has been built with care to the exact needs of digital businesses. Their user experience is very user-friendly. And segmenting our subscribers into focused groups so that we can deliver content specific to their needs has never been easier. Whatever you make, make it known with ConvertKit. To try it today, Click on our affiliate link in the show notes. Now, for some news. If you're a Microsoft Teams user, you may have noticed the new Suggested Replies feature. Next time you're in a Teams chat, keep a lookout for the Suggested Replies just above your Type a New Message box on the right-hand side. Then, click the most appropriate button for a quick response. Google Meet now has the option to have co-hosts for meetings, allowing you to spread the workload of managing meeting progress. This episode of the Digital Workplace Podcast is sponsored by Vertco Consulting. Their proven digital accelerators help to contain costs and limit disruption, reducing risk and ensuring return on investment is optimized. Visit vertco.com today. The most prolific type of hardware you'll find in any organization is end-user devices. So we will start there, but later on, I will explain how to apply the same decision-making processes to other types of hardware. Before making any decisions about hardware, you should build your set of personas. Those personas will help you identify the needs of the people who will be using the devices. There is a lot of choice, and most people will immediately think of the obvious contenders. Desktop or all-in-one PCs. The once ubiquitous desktop PC has suffered in popularity recently because of Covid, but it's still a valid part of the mix. If you need ultimate power in a workstation, then a desktop PC is probably the right choice. High-end 3D CAD, animation, AI or CGI visual effects rely on some serious GPU equipment that in a lot of cases is bigger than a laptop could ever handle. So where the software requirements are extreme a desktop device is really the only way to go. Mac. Well I used to be a big fan of Apple Macs. I've had Macs ever since I was at university enjoyed the stability, build quality and power they gave me. Until Apple sold me a duffer. 
The last Mac I had was a Mac Pro, which was sold under the premise that it was 64-bit. It cost a small fortune, but then when they released the true 64-bit Mac OS, all of a sudden it was useless because it wasn't 64-bit architecture throughout. I've not bought one since. However, the current range with their M1 chip is very attractive and high performing. And if it wasn't for my trust issues with Apple, I may be tempted back. Laptops and 2-in-1s, that's like a convertible laptop slash tablet sort of thing. I think laptops have become almost redundant in the face of tablet devices, but not completely. If you need something with much more oomph than a tablet to run more demanding desktop software, then a mobile workstation is a great solution. The advantage they have over Android and iOS tablets is the ability to run desktop software and drive big screens when connected to docking ports. But the gap is narrowing rapidly. Two-in-one laptops are essentially tablets with detachable or fold-away keyboards, so bridge the gap between laptop and tablet with the ability to run the higher-end software and also have the portability of a tablet device. So what about tablets or iPads? I'm writing the script outline for this episode on a tablet on the train using free Wi-Fi in OneNote from Microsoft 365. I have a £20 Bluetooth keyboard with full-size keys and it's an awesome setup. The tablet is fast and responsive with a fantastic HD screen. Frankly, if I could run Adobe Creative Cloud on it, I would ditch everything else and just have this. When I record these shows, I use the same tablet to read my script outline. It's silent, with no fans and no chance of rustling paper either. It doesn't matter what tablet OS you choose, they're all great. I've had iPads, Android tablets and Windows tablets. They all work well, and provided you don't need loads of external screens and lots of peripherals, they're all most end users will ever need. Even then, you can cast to external screens, hook up docking ports to higher end devices, and you have a core device that can be truly mobile and powerful enough to do anything but the most demanding of tasks in the office. So what about mobile phones? They've come a long way in recent years. So don't rule out that humble mobile phone. Some of them are serious powerhouses. When you couple that power with some great tools from Microsoft, Google and others, you have a pocket portable computer you can use wherever you are with always on internet and the ability to scan, photograph, video, record audio and cast to large screens that's a huge amount of capability in your pocket. The less obvious contenders are also useful in certain circumstances and can save quite a lot of money. Chromebooks. I quite like Chromebooks. They're a pretty good idea. They turn on kind of instantly. Unfortunately, they can't currently run the full Microsoft 365 applications, but they can run the web client versions, 
However, if your organization has gone the Google Workspace route, then Chromebooks make a huge amount of sense. The next category is a little bit more unusual. These are thin clients. On their own, thin clients are not terribly useful. However, if you were to use them to connect to virtual desktops, such as Azure Virtual Desktop, Citrix, or VMware, then they are a powerful, scalable tool with a low cost and a low power consumption footprint. So that brings me on to virtual desktops. Even without a thin client, these can make sense if you have a lot of bring your own device users or BYOD users. But it can work out very expensive, so be careful. I priced up a VDI to do what I do on my workstation class laptop. And for what it costs for a month of the VDI, I could buy the laptop. So then there's also the browser. You can put that on pretty much anything. So if you don't want the expense of VDIs, just give your BYOD estate web access through their browser. So now I've given you a rundown of the end user devices. How do you start putting them into your strategy and make the choices to suit your personas? Let's assume we have the same three generic personas I spoke about in episode three. If you haven't listened to it, maybe step back and have a listen to that now. Rebecca, our office worker, accounts receivable clerk, 28 years old, works 37 and a half hours a week and needs a device that boots up quickly with a big screen for the large spreadsheets she has to use. She's part of a team of 30 people in similar functional roles. And then we've got Darren, our shop floor operative. He's the warehouse team leader, 45 years old, works on average 45 hours a week with overtime. Needs something mobile with a barcode scanner for multiple barcode types. Often has to attend Microsoft Teams meetings and needs to write reports, update the ERP systems, perform appraisals for his team. And finally, Phil, our field-based employee. He's a customer account manager, so kind of a salesman. 34 years old, works on average 40 to 50 hours a week but doesn't get paid overtime because he's bonus eligible. He's always on the move, needs access to company sales literature, pricing sheets, quotation systems, Microsoft Teams meetings, writes reports and quotes, submits expenses, and needs to be able to scan his receipts for his expenses. For Rebecca, our office worker, there are quite a few options, and obviously it depends on the organisational needs and how she works. She could have a desktop PC, laptop, or even a two-in-one. The need to have large screens effectively rules out tablets and mobile devices. Another option would be a thin client and virtual desktops, which is fine if she's in a big call center type environment. But that makes working from anywhere a bit more difficult. General office tasks, like accounts receivable, aren't processor intensive. So a good choice here would be an inexpensive laptop or a Chromebook and a large external screen that she can dock to. 
Those devices give the user the option to work from anywhere, such as home or in the office, and utilising web-based apps means the processing requirement is minimal. For Darren, our shop floor operative, I think a tablet device would be a good choice. One with dual cameras, so he can use it for meetings, as well as for scanning barcodes. So he would then need some barcode scanning software, and that would then pretty much meet all his requirements. Couple it with an external keyboard and an external screen that he can either dock with or cast to when he's back at his desk. You've hit all the bases. Finally, for Phil, our field-based employee, he really only needs a decent mobile phone. Pair it with either a wireless or wired external monitor and a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and he's got everything needed to meet his requirements. There are even portable external monitors that he could have in his car to give him a laptop-like functionality from his phone. You could couple it with a portable projector so that he can even do presentations to clients from his phone. Receipts can be scanned directly with the phone's camera and uploaded to cloud storage so they can be attached to his expenses claims. It's a supremely lightweight solution that gives him everything he needs in his pocket, allowing him to work from anywhere. What about other kinds of hardware? Printers and scanners are becoming increasingly redundant in today's digital workplace. I can't remember the last time I received a paper invoice, and I haven't printed anything for work for years. By switching to cloud-based solutions, you don't need servers and their associated infrastructure anymore, either. So you can make those savings almost immediately. When it comes to everything else, make it as simple as possible. In the office, invest in good quality Wi-Fi and a fast internet connection. When mobile, use either public Wi-Fi, or if it's not available, tether to a mobile device, such as a mobile Wi-Fi hotspot. About the only thing you may want to do is add on a VPN service, like, say, NordVPN, to ensure your Wi-Fi traffic is encrypted and secured. But even then, if you're using browser-based applications, they're going to be end-to-end -end encrypted anyway. Flattening your infrastructure and simplifying the tools you use makes support easier, simplifies the technology complexity for your users, and allows your organisation to be more agile and responsive. Don't forget to subscribe to the Digital Workplace Podcast and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to ask a question, head over to digitalworkplacepodcast.com and leave a 90-second audio message using the SpeakPipe. See you on our next episode.